Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday, and enjoy the talk. Welcome, everyone, to Live Dharma Sunday for October 13th, 2019. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Well, indeed, autumn is here. And, uh, yesterday, uh, I participated in a funeral service uh, for my Uncle Eddie. And uh, uh, my uncle, by um, uh, marriage, and I remember going to his his wedding uh, when I was a college student uh, at at uh, University of California at Berkeley, and then he got married in Fowler, in Fresno area, and. Uh, uh, I was invited, my brother and I were invited to his, he and his wife, Alice, at their wedding. And this must have been in 1962, I think. Uh, and uh, he passed away at the age of 91. Uh, the funeral service was held and, you know, all... <clears throat> His siblings were about, I think he had about six, seven siblings. And so there's a lot of relatives in the area. And I told this, uh, my, one of my uh, <clears throat> stories that I uh, somehow evolved over the years for um, such occasions. And it was that Uncle Eddie, uh, gave us a gift and uh, 
the thing about a gift is you have to unwrap it. You know, you uh, you don't just put the uh, uh, a gift wrapped gift <laughs> someplace and not open it. Everybody opens up a gift. Okay? So uh, the gift he gave was a uh, the gift of a teaching. And uh, <clears throat> to unwrap a gift when it's a teaching means to bring that teaching into your own life, to use it, to make use of it. Mm-hmm. And death is a profoundly spiritual event. Uh, there, there's two teachings. Uh, impermanence and interdependency. Impermanence, doctrine of impermanence is uh, is a teaching that hits the family real hard at time when it's still fresh, when a loved one has passed away, and it behooves us to to make that impact to change us, to transform us to uh, that of all everybody's mortality. You know, he goes to join all his loved ones who passed away before him and every family member down to the very newborn grandchildren are all lined up behind him. Sometime in the future, they're all going to go and be together in in uh, uh, <clears throat> no one's alone. You can't look at one life and not see the influence of a lot of other lives. Okay? And uh, we have to, uh, uh, as it says in the Dhammapada, uh, sayings of the Buddha, it says, uh, we too shall pass away. Knowing this, how can we quarrel? So it's a time of uh, being transformed by clearly seeing the impact of this teaching of impermanence. And the other teaching is interdependency. This means uh, well, it's a very broad interconnections of a, you know a lot of things, but primarily in this occasion, family and friends coming together at the service. Sometimes uh, it's because of Uncle Eddie that everyone came, you know, and he's giving the gift. Sometimes, of course, we say that the, the service is for the deceased, but we usually don't say that in Buddhism. We say not for, but of. This is the funeral service or memorial service of so-and-so. Because we don't give the service for the deceased. The service is for the living as an opportunity to hear the teaching. That's the purpose of Buddhist services. And uh, uh, to really appreciate that that Whatever we, whoever we are, whatever we've done, 
as I said, you can't look at one life and not see the influence of a lot of other lives. Interdependency. So we can't get arrogant and feel that we did something all by ourselves. So we have a lot of humility if we really know the truth of interdependency. And, of course, deep gratitude. We don't didn't do anything to deserve what we have received. You know, we talk about grace. Uh, that's the way it is. And sometimes I, since both of these main teachings in Buddhism, impermanence and interdependency, I chose those words because they both start with the letter I. And I don't know if I mentioned this before, but it's one of my one of my. Uh, contributions perhaps uh, these are the two eyes that Buddhists look out and see the world um, and to pause when uh, at a time of a funeral death makes must push a pause button on our life. And we do, of course, we have to deal with so many important things okay, that make up our daily lives and so forth. But death, death doesn't have a go according to any schedule or priority, and boom. Okay? It makes everything, it's because of death, I think, that everything becomes so alive and fresh in contrast. You know, and uh, it's not something to, oh, unpleasant thing, a terrible thing that we got to get past and, you know, continue on. Of course, we're going to continue on, but we should do so transformed, okay, to, to well, sometimes they call this keeping death on your uh, shoulder, you know, the grim reaper, okay, not that you get morbid about it but what it does is it it creates more life real life genuineness and what's the purpose of living if not to experience humility and gratitude that's what is the fulfillment of human beings that's what's Living with the Dharma, living, that's what the, <laughs> well, well, well. But I'm always reminded, and I remember a colleague of mine, uh, Reverend Orsta, he, he used to say, you know, ministers have to do, a, uh, if, they're, if they have a congregation and everything, and, and members, uh, how many funerals they have to do all the time. And uh, so Reverend Bob said, you know, when he's, whenever he's, uh, this is one of the sort of the side benefits of being a minister, okay, side benefit in quotes, is that you're never allowed to uh, ignore or forget about the reality of impermanence. And so he's, he might be conducting a funeral service and he's standing over the casket and and to himself, he's slapping himself on the head, on his forehead, saying, 
I forgot. I forgot. I forgot about human mortality. And, uh, man, I better revisit, clarify my values, my priority. How am I living? What am I doing? And uh, so, anyway, uh, we always will forget, but that means we always have the opportunity to remember. Today's guest to give us a Dharma glimpse is Kyle Kayo. Uh, since his name is Kyle, I, I, I chose the, his Dharma name, uh, Kai, you know, K-A-I, and then the Yo for the, for the sun. And uh, this is the opening sun. So I thought it was nice. Kayo and Kayo using the same same pronunciation of his given name to his uh, Dharma name. And he was part of LM7 group, and he lives in Arizona. So let's hear from Kayo Kayo. Thank you, Sensei, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. Being midway through October, one can't help but notice that Halloween is in the air. Every store that I frequent has candy on display, has the various spooky decorations, and of course a variety of costumes for children and adults. But this is the season of tricking and treating, of costume parties, and of horror-themed movies and books. But this is also a time to reflect on mortality, death, and those that are no longer with us. During this time, I especially like to meditate on the five remembrances or the subjects of contemplation. The Buddha asked all people, whether ordained or lay, to contemplate these passages and with great frequency. And I wanted to share with you these passages right now. I am of the nature to age. I cannot avoid aging. I am of the nature to become ill. I cannot avoid illness. I am of the nature to die. I cannot avoid death. I must be separated and parted from all that is dear and beloved to me. I am the owner of my actions. Whatever actions I commit, I am heir to the consequences. Wow, there is a lot there. There's a lot that I am uncomfortable with. But I have learned to sit with that discomfort and learn some lessons from it. Reflecting on my own deaths has helped me plan for it. I know I will someday die, but my mind automatically casts it to a future event that is far, far away. This avoidance is a strategy my mind uses to make myself more comfortable with my finite nature. And by reflecting on my death and what that means to others, it's opened the doors to estate planning and life insurance and burial preparations. None of those things are comfortable or easy to talk about, but through meditating on these passages, it has made this easier for me to do it because I don't want to burden those who are grieving with those tasks. All those choices and that work, it is very burdensome and I don't want to send any of my loved ones through that. So, this helped me to stop procrastinating and begin working on those things. Reflecting on illness 
has helped me to accept it. When I was young, I was prone to being ill. I missed a lot of school, and I spent a lot of time in bed. Being sick was a state I knew, but I resented it. I was very angry because I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. As I grew older, my immune system caught up with the rest of my body and developed, and so I became ill like everyone else at a normal rate. But when I would get a cold, I would still be very angry. The illness was getting in the way of my plans, and it was very inconvenient, and I wasn't in control. Meditating on these passages helped me to understand that you're not in control when you get an illness, and that's okay. To let go, and as Sensei says, acceptance is transcendence. I now see illness as a message from my body telling me to stop and rest. It's still frustrating, but I am less annoyed and I'm less disappointed from having been ill. And I don't fight it as much. Reflecting on aging has helped me develop patience. As many, when we were younger, we hated to wait. We wanted to be doing something. We filled our lives with many things to do to distract us from waiting, from boredom, from nothingness. I noticed that the elderly around me often took their time to do things at a rate that was not my rate. I wanted things to go much faster and I was very impatient. I can remember thinking of times standing in the grocery line and just being frustrated with someone who was trying to write a check and use coupons and hold up the line and the whole process. But now, in my later years, I see myself slowing and I see things getting harder and harder for me. My vision is worse. I don't move as quickly as I used to. And I understand the importance of coupons. When people live on a fixed income, every penny counts. And I see the importance of getting to my destination safely and not just quickly. Now, when I wait in line, it doesn't annoy me anymore to see someone writing a check, using coupons, and taking their time. Their time is that their time, just as my time is my time. So I embrace it now, and I'm not annoyed. I think the greatest benefit to reflecting on the five remembrances has been resilience. I feel a resilience to these things that I have no control over. I have accepted them. It doesn't mean they don't bother me or that they don't impact my emotional state at times. They do. But I'm not fighting against it completely anymore. It doesn't seem to control every aspect of my life in the sense that I'm going to do everything I can to avoid it. This resilience, this meditating on it, has led to an acceptance of it. It's also helped me relate to others that are grieving um, in a better way, in a more authentic way. I definitely fell into the traps of the pre-programmed cliches that we would say to people who are grieving, you know, in time it'll be all right, they're in a better place. Um, 
and other like sayings that really don't make them feel better. But the pre-programmed response made me feel better, so I just regurgitated it. Now, when I talk to those grieving, I give them space and I let them talk and I inquire about what they're feeling and validate those feelings because grief brings up more than just grieving. It brings up anger and resentment, tears and frustration. And people need that validation that it's okay to feel those things and it's okay to feel them in my presence. It can be a little uncomfortable, but that's something for me to deal with. And I do. So letting them cry it out, letting them shout it out, it's okay. I'll hold their hand, offer a hug if they want, hand them Kleenex, because that's my role, is to sit with them in this discomfort. And meditating on these has allowed me that opportunity to do so, because I had to think of these things for myself, that I too will be ill, that I too age, that I too will die, that change is the norm, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. But my actions, the things that I do, are in my control. So why not do actions that benefit others and myself? Thank you so much for your time this morning. May all beings accept and transcend aging, illness, death, and change. May all beings be blessed with joy and wisdom. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. You know, uh, uh, so, so basic teachings there are. And if we're lucky or fortunate, somehow our spiritual journey there's some maturity that comes to, along with aging. <laughs> you know, uh, or, as was put by Kyle Kayo, resilience. Hmm? Uh, that made me think about uh, you take those five remembrances and you know, you can't control them. You can't avoid them. Uh, but don't we fight them? Huh? We somehow we they're so uh, prominent or important or salient that that how do you accept the unacceptable? Huh? How do you deal with negative events, negative emotions? This is the, the basic aspect of life. And uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about an important lesson I learned is that I don't know where, how or where I learned this, but uh, you don't have to get rid of something that you don't like or that's bad. Uh, you can't eliminate suffering. Okay. You cannot eliminate the five remembrances. Okay. So 
So that's why uh, when people uh, say, oh, I I lost anger or I got impatient. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not being a good Buddhist. <laughs> I'm sort of, you know, failing. This is the wrong uh, orientation. You don't need to get rid of the negative, uh, the unwanted, because those things are going to, that's part of life. First noble truth. What you need to do is add something, wisdom. You don't need to take away the unpleasant. You add wisdom. Uh, I said, hell yeah. Because otherwise, we're fighting a losing battle. Because life's going to bring us to all these things that we cannot avoid. And I was thinking about, I was reminded when uh, it was mentioned about uh, the fifth remembrance is the owner. You have to be the owner of your own actions. Well, this is karma, statement of the law of karma. Uh, and then I I I remember once when my father passed away and we're cleaning out his office, and I I came upon a, a conference program, Eastern Buddhist League, uh, uh, in the 1950s, and uh, he was a guest speaker there, and along with others, and uh, in this service conference pro service program, they printed. Uh, articles by these guest speakers. <laughs> I read my father's one, and it was about karma. And he just laid it out so clearly in his explanation about orientation of uh, how humans deal with uh, deal with things. And he says there's three ways. That we deal with things, and this one is you hope you're you're powerless, you can't control things, uh, so you use petitionary prayer uh, to a deity. As humans, we need, you know, oh, I I I I had no power. So what am I going to do? How am I going to live life? Well, that kind of uh, uh, religion, certain approach, could be that take that way. Okay? You have to say you have to appeal to higher beings. Then the other, another approach, is where you can't control anything and. Uh, Everything's chaos, and well, you just—it's more hedonistic, I guess. You better, you know, can't help it. So you enjoy—you gotta enjoy things while you can, because everything's on—you know—you don't—you're not in control of causes and conditions and so forth. And Buddhism, he says, is the third approach where you have to own your actions. With that responsibility, there's tremendous power, too. You empower yourself. 
Uh, and again, I I have a favorite quote. I don't remember where I got it, but it's another way of saying what I'm just saying right now is that X is not the problem. How I deal with X is the problem. Hmm? Most of the time we think that X is the problem. Oh, I don't I don't have enough money. Oh, I, I married the wrong person. Oh, you know, I have this illness. I have a lot of health problems. I got this. Okay. Oh, woe is me. You know, uh, X is the problem. You feel hopeless, helpless, powerless when you when your thoughts are like that. Okay. But if by just simple rephrasing of the linguistic the, the words, if you say, "Oh, wait a minute now, let me see if I I, I don't want to I want to remember." <laughs> X is not the problem. How I deal with X is the problem. That's a 180-degree turn. Now you feel sort of, well, gee, what can I do? That's empowering. That's, uh, what are the possibilities? What can I do? I, you know, I can do something about it. So, well, let me see. Yeah. Very creative things open up. Uh, so I was really sometimes we need to revisit these basic orientations about life okay? and, and it's not like we always oh yeah I know that teaching we never have to get a teaching you know that's what I, I learned that too I said, oh I used to think I knew the teaching of maybe acceptance is transcendence or you know something uh, nice teaching, but it was very shallow. And more years go by, you get more spiritual maturity, and say, "Oh yeah, that was that was silly before when I thought I I understood this teaching. Huh? Now I really do." And then a few years later, same thing happens again. Same teaching, you say, "Oh, I I thought that I had progressed and that I really knew what this teaching was about." But now I realize that I didn't. Okay. And then you realize, how come I'm thinking? How come I'm oriented? How come I have the attitude of I got to get a teaching? That I understand this teaching. Huh? That I own this teaching, so to speak. Huh? Forget that kind of approach. You don't have to get a teaching. We're always getting a teaching. <laughs> it's always a work in progress. It's always a journey. We don't have to conclude. We don't have to put a period on things. Uh, and, and, and. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Beautiful, I should say. <laughs> That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going. And you have a Beautiful day. Thank you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.